Welcome to the SMC 2021 podcast. What if God wanted to do something new in your life? This is your fresh start. Hey ladies, welcome to Kiss and Tell, a breakout about hookup culture. I'm so glad you guys are tuning in and listening, and I'm so glad you chose to come spend some time with me. I seriously wish I could sit down with every single one of you and get to know you. But since we were talking about hookups and sex and some pretty personal things, I do want you guys to get to know me a little bit. My name is Val Edwards. I grew up in Arkansas, and I actually went to University of Arkansas for college. I was a Kayo there, uh, and I started working for Stumo in 2015. About three and a half years ago, I got married to Dave Edwards, uh, and he is amazing. Uh, after that, we moved to Arizona to work at the University of Arizona, Bear Down, and it's awesome. We really, really love it. We love Arizona, but I never in a million years imagined I'd live in the desert. Have any of you guys ever been to the desert? It's really weird. It never rains here, like maybe twice a year, and not for very long either, maybe 30 minutes. So there's nothing green because we don't have any water. (laughs) Everything's brown. All the houses are even brown. There's not any like cute, colorful, fun houses anywhere. It's just brown everywhere. It's weird. Also, it's never very cold. Obviously, it's the desert. But seriously, when it gets like 70 degrees, it's frozen. What a weird environment for people to live in, right? For a while, when we first moved here, I kind of couldn't believe people could happily live in a place like the desert. Like, how can you thrive when it's always hot? When there's nothing green, there's no water, everything's brown. It just seemed to me that it wasn't good for a person. But as I lived there, my perspective, it started to change. It was hard at first, but I'm now living in the desert and I'm thriving. I live in a brown house, I don't have any grass, and I love it. I hardly ever spend money on winter clothes, so that's a huge perk. I just bought a bike because besides those really super hot months, the weather is really great most of the year, so we spend a ton of time outside. Dave and I have been cruising around the city. I just had to learn how to adjust. I think that sometimes we think about sexual purity in college, kind of like I thought of living in the desert. It's impossible. Or if you do it, you can't actually be happy or living a thriving life. That's definitely what hookup culture is telling us. Hookup culture tells us if you aren't hooking up, you aren't really experiencing college. You're weird or abnormal if you don't hook up. It tells us that you can either hook up or be irrelevant. It tells us that casual sex is freeing and it's really good for us. But what if I told you hookup culture actually makes us less free than choosing sexual purity? What if I told you that scientifically hookup culture actually has negative impacts on us? What if I told you there was a better way to experience love and sexuality? In 2017, A sociologist named Lisa Wade did a study on hookup culture. It took years for her to complete. She interviewed students across the country on different college campuses. Big campuses, small campuses, private, not private, religious, not religious. 
all races and all backgrounds. She studied these students for their entire time in college, and she discovered some really interesting stuff. Here's some of the things she learned. College students hook up more in their first year of college than most other years. A third of students said their first sexual encounter was in a hookup. More than 50% of women masturbate. One in five women are addicted to porn and that's rising. And then 15% of college students say they actually enjoy hookup culture. Only 15%. And then last 71% of men and 67% of women wish they had more opportunities to find a long-term partner. Is that surprising to you? Most people actually want a real relationship, but most of the time, everyone settles for a hookup instead. Seems like we're looking for something, but we can't quite find it. There is one stat I need to mention before we get started. One in three college students say they have experienced trauma or a sexual experience that was difficult to handle. And one in four women have been sexually assaulted at some point in their lives, period. So this stat tells me that there are some people listening who have had unwanted sexual experiences since they've been in college, and then some even before that. Since we're going to be talking about some choices we've made in our sex lives and how God has a different way for us, I want it to be really clear that I'm not talking about sexual abuse or any form of sexual experience that was done to you against your will. I want you to hear me say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. God doesn't blame you for that, and he hates that that happened. You're not responsible for that, and I hope you will talk to someone and get some professional counseling. I've really benefited from counseling in my life, and I believe it's a tool that God uses to bring a lot of healing. I also hope that you never feel judged or put down because of anything you have chosen to do sexually or anything that you're currently choosing to do. I'm here because I've done so much the wrong way. I've experienced pain and loneliness and regret because of choices I've made sexually. But I've also experienced a lot of freedom in making different choices and choosing to live out God's design for sex. I have a marriage and a sex life now that I honestly think most of you would want one day. So I've been on both sides. But today, I want to answer a couple of questions of how is hookup culture affecting us and what God's design for sexuality actually is. And then at the end, let's see how we can start to live out God's design in our own lives. So let's dive in. What are you looking for in a hookup? Take a second and think about that question. What do you think women look for in hookups? Maybe you're thinking, Val, you're married. You just told us that you aren't in college. You just don't get it. You don't get hookups. You don't know what it's like now. Well, let's look at what hookups are and what we as women are really after. Everyone in college knows what hookup culture is. It's talked about a lot. Uh, It's kind of a phenomenon in society. It's just hooking up. Well, okay, just humor me for a second. Let's go a little deeper. Hooking up can be anything from kissing at a party to oral sex to actual sex. Well, that's pretty broad. There's a lot that can go into all of that. Let's set the scene. 
I'm at a party with my friends. We're all dressed really hot. Maybe I've had some to drink. I'm in the courtyard at Sigma Chi dancing with all my friends. A guy comes up behind me to start dancing. So what do I do? Well, in all honesty, I probably look at my friend's reaction. Is this guy cute? Do they approve? Should I stay and keep dancing with him? If my friends say yes or give me a look of approval, I stay. But if they seem kind of weirded out or grossed out, I probably am going to walk away. Dancing leads to making out and then maybe more. Hookups are about us trying to get a deep need met. A need that's given to us by God. But we're looking for it in the wrong place. Often, a woman is wanting to be pursued. She wants to feel special. We want to feel chosen and we want approval. I can 100% relate to that. I want to feel special, especially by a man, now my husband. I want approval. I want to feel chosen. What woman wouldn't want that? We think getting naked is just a shortcut. It's going to get those needs met quicker. But in reality, it doesn't work that, like that. Approval. Think about it for a second. From the guy dancing with me to my friends giving me the go-ahead, I was just looking for approval. This guy choosing me. My friends approving of me. These are real desires, but I think there's a better way for us to have these desires met. God made us as women to want those things, so if he made us to have those desires, I think he has a way that they can be met without us taking part in things that leave us feeling lonely and insecure or apathetic. Psalm 37 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So we're looking for something, and God can meet those desires. So you may be wondering, how does hookup culture actually affect me? Well, let me tell you how it's affected me personally. Go back with me to when I was in high school. My main concepts of sex came from my friends and the things they were doing, and the media, TV, movies, the internet. That's where I got my ideas of sex from. I had lots of hookups. And I had lots of sex with different guys in high school and in college. I didn't think there were consequences. That never crossed my mind. I just thought it's what everyone did. I thought it was normal. Uh, I thought that casual sex with multiple guys was a normal thing that everyone was doing. But after every breakup or after every time I would engage in these different experiences with guys and then not talk to them after that, I had a lot of regret. Why did I go so far? I always told myself afterwards that I wasn't going to do that again. I just didn't like how it always made me feel. Sometimes it felt good, but afterwards, I normally didn't feel great. Once I came to college, I started to realize that some of my friends that I had begun making were actually virgins, and that made me feel even more regret. So I never told anyone. I kept all my sexual experience secret. When I started growing in my faith, I thought, I've just gone way too far. There's no hope for me in this area of my life and in relationships and sex. I thought, I'll be single forever. No good Christian guy would ever be interested in me if he knew how much I've done. I thought there really was no hope. 
Then I started to learn more and more about God and what he thought about relationships. I learned that God had actually forgiven me for all of those things, even if it was more than my friends had ever done. And I learned that he wasn't holding those things against me. I wanted to start to pursue God's design for sex so that I could live how God wanted in all areas of my life. It was so freeing for me to learn that God had forgiven me. He wasn't holding those things against me. He loved me despite the things that I had chosen to do in my past. I began to memorize scripture. I started to listen to older women and even ask them questions and tell them about experiences that I'd had sexually. I asked them how they dealt with those things and how they moved past them. I had people hold me accountable to not talk to old boyfriends or text guys that maybe I'd had a sexual past with. I definitely had ups and downs. I didn't always get it right. And sometimes I did those things that I was really trying to not do. But I was trying to pursue God's design for purity and for sexuality. Once I met Dave, we decided we wanted to live out God's design for sex in our relationship too. Neither of us were virgins, but we knew that the old way we'd handled sexuality didn't work. We knew that God's design was different than what we had done before. And we wanted to try it God's way instead of the way the world had suggested. We didn't stay the night with each other. We didn't stay up late alone together. We didn't lay down together on a couch or in a bed. We never hooked up. We wanted to honor God in our dating, and we felt like that was the way for us to do it. We actually didn't kiss until we got married. You may think that's so crazy, and maybe that's not your story, and that's okay, but it worked for us. And like I said earlier, I think we have a relationship that a lot of you listening would really want. I tell you that because I've experienced all of these things. I've experienced casual sex. I've experienced hooking up and then not talking to the guy afterwards. I've experienced wanting to keep sexual things a secret. But when I started to grow my faith, I started to slowly peel back the layers of shame and regret and confusion that I had when it came to sexuality. I have that hope for all of us, no matter what your past looks like. So earlier I asked the question, would you believe me if I told you scientifically hookup culture has negative effects on us? Let's actually look at the science behind sex. Whenever you share a sexual act of any kind with someone or something, your body releases a chemical called oxytocin. Oxytocin is a chemical that's released in women that makes them bond. Oxytocin is released during childbirth and breastfeeding. And that's what makes moms love their babies. It's like all babies do is sleep, eat, and use the bathroom, and moms are crazy about them. It, oxytocin is why. But it also is what bonds us to a husband in marriage. It makes you fall in love. It makes you overlook flaws. And it even helps you bond when things are going really hard. So oxytocin is a really good thing and we need it. It makes us women. God made us as women to emotionally and physically bond to husbands. But oxytocin isn't just saved for marriage. It's not a flip of a switch when you get married and oxytocin just turns on. What happens when oxytocin is released in some type of hookup or sexual pleasure? 
your body is bonding you to that guy or that image. So when you break up or maybe you don't get a text the next day, it can be really painful because you were bonded. Think about a piece of tape. It's sticky. It holds things together. But what happens when you keep removing that piece of tape over and over and over again? It loses its stickiness. That's what happens with us. If we bond through sexual experiences to different guys or images over and over, it makes our stickiness or our connectedness wear off. If we have these hookups with different people enough, your ability to bond starts to be really compromised. So when I hear girls tell me that they can hook up with a guy and then not think about it again, maybe that's actually because her ability to bond the way God designed her to is damaged. All her stickiness has worn off. That's really sad. You want to be able to bond and love in a healthy way. It can be fixed. There's a lot of hope there. It takes time. Oxytocin needs to be built back up. But this chemical causes us to bond and connect with the person or thing we're being sexual with. Another chemical that our bodies release is called dopamine. When we're sexually aroused, it basically bookmarks what we just did and tells us to go back and do it again because it felt good. But the more we do that certain thing, the less dopamine gets released each time. That's why after a while, just making out isn't enough. That's why just looking at soft porn isn't enough. That's why just looking at porn once a week isn't enough. That's why just oral sex isn't enough anymore. It doesn't do it for you anymore. You're wanting more. Another chemical that's released, when a man has sex with a woman that he's not actually fully committed to uh, is testosterone. Testosterone makes the man more aggressive. And when this happens, the man associates the woman he's having sex with or a sexual experience with as an object in his brain. Essentially, the same part of his brain that lights up when he sees a picture of a tool or a toolbox or something like that is the same part of the brain that's being activated when he has sex with a woman that he's not committed to. He just views her as an object. Yikes. When a man that has sex with a woman that he's fully committed to or married to, it increases his level of vasopressin. This chemical makes a man protective of his wife and his family. It makes him actually more committed each time that chemical is released. Hookup culture tells us sexual experiences should be emotionless. Hookup culture says your frontal lobe is in charge. That's your cognitive skills and your logic. It says that we can control our feelings. We can choose what we feel. Not just the feeling of love, but also the feeling of insecurity, regret, fear, anger, and many others. These chemicals, plus others that are released during sexual experiences, they make us feel. And our frontal lobe, however evolved it may be, it just doesn't stand a chance against all these chemicals. Having sex without emotions is like saying you can have sex without a body. It's just not real. It's not possible. We have feelings about everything. We have feelings when our alarm clocks go off in the morning. We have feelings when we get a text message from someone that we really want to talk to. 
We have feelings when we're tired. We have feelings about everything. When it comes to sex or sexual experiences, feelings are going to be attached. It's the way we were made. Can you see how God's design our mind and our bodies? It doesn't align with what hookup culture is telling us. Ladies, hookups, they actually hurt us. Not only do they affect those chemical releases in our bodies, they affect our relationships with others, and most importantly, our relationship with God. Let's look at this story of how sex outside of God's design can hurt our relationships. One of the most famous love stories in the Bible is the story of Jacob and Rachel. It was literally love at first sight. He saw Rachel and he just had to have her. Long story short, Jacob works for Rachel's dad for seven years so that he can marry her. But Rachel has an older sister, Leah, and she's not married yet. In their culture, the older sister is supposed to get married first. So the dad actually tricks Jacob into marrying both women, even though he only loves Rachel and not Leah. Obviously, these two women are battling for their husband's love. Leah, the older sister, did what she thought she had to do to get Jacob to love her. She used sex. She tried to give him as many children as possible. Jacob actually did love Rachel, but it wasn't enough for her. She tried to use sex and having children just like Leah to get what she wanted. Can you imagine how their, how their relationship was ruined? They were sisters, and now that is ruined because of the misuse of sex. Neither one was satisfied. They were both miserable. Sex didn't get them what they wanted, and it ruined their relationship. Have you ever experienced a broken relationship because of hookup culture? Or do you know someone else that has? Think about that question for a second. So how does hook, hookup culture affect our relationship with God? God's design for sexuality is described in verse Genesis 2, 24. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. One flesh means sexually and bonding relationally. We can see from the beginning of God's creation, his design for sex was between a husband and a wife in the commitment of their marriage, and that was it. It also says in Ephesians 5.3, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. So I know from these verses what God's design for sex is, and I also know that sexual immorality or anything outside of sex between a husband and a wife, is outside of God's design. Those things actually separate me from God. That's the effect that they have on my relationship with Him. But God sent Jesus, who is His perfect Son, to die for those mistakes that I make sexually. All the time I've stepped outside of God's boundaries, Jesus chose to die for those. And since He did, I can choose to live differently. God approves of me when I come to Him with all of my mess-ups and all of my regret. God approves of me even though I've made mistakes sexually. He actually tells me that He makes me new. I can choose to take steps to grow in physical purity. And through those steps, we can feel real intimacy with God instead of the fake intimacy we're chasing in hookups. 
Now that we know what we're looking for in hiccups and how they affect the parts of our lives, let's finish off looking at what God's word says about sex and where we can go from here. Have you guys ever wondered who actually created sex? Like, who thought that up? Well, God did. God designed sex. He designed us to be, as women, to be sexual. So sex done the right way is a good thing. Did you know that it actually is a picture of our relationship with God? 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, This is God's will for you, to avoid sexual immorality. Why do you think God wants us to avoid sexual immorality? Well, it's interesting. There are two different words for sex in the Bible. The word yada is used to describe sex by God's design between a husband and a wife. But it only uses this word when describing sex done God's way. The other word for sex in the Bible is shakab. It's used to describe rape, adultery, or sex before marriage. It's fake. It's not the real thing. But that word, yada, is used to describe how we know God, deeply and intimately. I'm not saying our relationship with God is sexual. It's not. But when Dave and I have sex, it's not just casual. It's intimate and it's deep and it's secure. I feel fully known and accepted. I don't have to worry about Dave leaving me. Yada describes sex between a husband and a wife, but it also describes our intimate relationship with God. God wants to fully know us and love us. He won't leave us despite our mess-ups. Psalm 4610 says, Be still and know, or yada, that I am God. So when we misuse sex, and I believe hookup culture is seriously misusing it, it doesn't just hurt sexual intimacy for us, but it also distorts our true relationship with God. It causes us to be unable to know God as deeply as he wants us to, just like any other sin that separates us from God. Maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not a virgin, so I can't be pure now. No, no, please don't think that. A lot of times we equate virginity with purity, but you cannot be a virgin and live a sexually pure life. You can also be a virgin and be living sexually immoral because of things like porn and masturbation and anything that sexually arouses you. Sexual purity isn't a state. It's a pursuit. We can pursue sexual purity, and we can start right now. Your past doesn't have to define you. Hookup culture doesn't have to define your experience. Sexual purity isn't a state. It's a pursuit. How does viewing sexual purity this way help you think differently about your own purity moving forward? We see Jesus actually tell this to a woman that was experiencing her own hookup culture. Let's see what he says. In John 8 is the story of a woman caught in the act of adultery. The city leaders bring her out in front of everyone. The law said a woman caught in adultery should be stoned to death. Jesus tells the crowd, He who is without sin cast the first stone. Obviously, everyone has sin. So one by one, the people walk away. Then he asks this woman, Where are your condemners? And she says, There are none. Then neither do I condemn you. Let that sink in. Jesus knew exactly what she did, but he said he did not condemn her. Isn't that great news? He says the same thing to us. 
He knows exactly what we've done, every single act of sexual immorality we've ever chosen, and Jesus doesn't hold it against us. He offers his complete forgiveness even for our sexual sins. But he doesn't stop there. He says, go now and leave your life of sin. He doesn't just want to tell us we aren't condemned. He wants us to have a better life. He gives us that same choice now. Ladies, I believe we can live sexually pure lives now. I believe you can have great sex one day if you get married and have, and have no regrets that you waited. I believe that your intimacy with God will be more satisfying than any hookup you've ever had. God gives us boundaries with sex, but he does it for our good. Think about a stop sign. This is a boundary that we accept. When we don't accept it, we can hurt ourselves and others through car crashes. God's design for sex is the same. When we do it His way, we experience the goodness of it. We experience true sexual freedom. When we decide to ignore His boundaries, we actually experience hurt. We experience addiction. We experience emptiness. But that's not how God wanted it. I mentioned at the beginning how God is the one who can meet our desires. I've seen God do that when I chose his design for sex. I have this rich and dynamic with re- relationship with God that makes me feel satisfied and makes me feel more accepted than any other relationship I have. I have a marriage to a man who isn't going to cheat on me because we've both learned self-control. We didn't act on every sexual desire we had before we got married. And that makes me really trust Dave. He doesn't play games with me. I don't have to wonder about how he feels. Because I chose God's design for sex, I wasn't getting my approval from the hookup culture or what others thought of me. I get my approval from God, and now I get to experience approval from a godly man too. Maybe you're thinking God can't meet all of your desires, but I'm here to tell you he absolutely can, and he will if you choose his design for sexuality. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God wants us to experience fullness. He means sexually too. So how do we start to live out God's design for sexuality? How do we start to pursue purity in the midst of hookup culture? I've thought of four things. First, find someone to help you. I need people in my life still that will ask me about purity. What do you want to do? Tell someone you trust and ask them to help keep you accountable. Maybe that's someone that helps you grow spiritually too. Write down a name. Tell them about wins you have and tell them when you do something that's outside of God's boundaries. The second thing is to ask God and learn what he says. Ask God to help you not act on your desires right now. Ask God to help you say no to sexual experiences that are outside of his design. Ask for forgiveness from God when you do step outside of his boundaries. Ask God to meet the needs that you have. Take a minute to think about what God is saying to you about your choices. What is keeping you from trusting him in this certain area? The third thing is to memorize verses that will help you remember what God says about sexuality. Maybe like 1 Thessalonians 4.3. His word will help change our hearts and he will answer our prayers. The fourth and last thing is to be honest. Don't hide behind the shame and guilt. Open up to a trusted mentor. Maybe you can start the conversation like this. 
I heard this talk on God's design for sex, and I want to make some changes. Do you think you could talk with me about that? They want to help you fight against immorality. It can be hard, but when we're honest is when God grows us the most. You'll experience love and acceptance when you're really honest. If you're listening to this, that means you're at least open to hearing that maybe there's a different or better way. It's okay if you're not convinced or even if you disagree on some of these things, but I would encourage you to keep asking questions about whether or not the way the world says to do relationships and sex is really going to get us what we're looking for. I think God has a better way. I have a great marriage and my relationship with God and others has been seriously impacted by choosing God's design for sex. We've covered a lot, but I hope that this has been helpful for you. Hookup culture is crazy, but when we're growing in our faith, God impacts all the parts of our lives. Let's let him impact how we think about sexuality too. God has forgiven us and he's given us a better way to navigate sex, and it really does work. Thanks for listening from wherever you are. You can find all the other breakout sessions on Apple and Spotify at SMC 2021. Thanks again and see you at SMC next year.